It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit with Alec Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And the Patriots are back from Germany after a 10-6 defeat to the Indianapolis Colts to drop to 2-8. Two, two and eight. And we'll obviously... You know, get into that game and break down all the wonderful stuff that happened over there in Frankfurt. But it is the bye week, and they wasted little time here starting to make some moves. Uh, I think we all kind of expected something might happen. To what extent, we weren't sure here at, at two and eight going into the bye. But the first move they made was Jack Jones. The cornerback has been waived, fourth round pick last year. Obviously, came into the league with some you know concerns about his character he had some issues at, in college those kind of continued over while he was in new england he had uh he was suspended at the end of last year obviously he had the gun charges entering this year and now the last two weeks he was late to curfew he hasn't looked very engaged on the sideline sitting on the bench with a towel over his head away from the defense a lot the last few weeks and his playing time has dropped as a result and, and now they're just waving Jack Jones. So that's the first move of the bye week here is Jack Jones is out. Yeah. I uh, can't say it comes a massive surprise. Honestly, I, the, the surprise is that, that JC Jackson wasn't first. Yeah. And the, at the time the report him was, they wanted him away from the team through the bye, and then they'd reassess when he got back. So maybe that move's still coming. This is kind of what would, you were getting into when you drafted the guy is you knew he had a history of, of, of these kind of issues. And we obviously saw it. He got to, like you said, he got spent at the end of last season, the gun charge this summer. It's one of those winning cures, all things. And and you wonder what the tenor is like in that locker room. And if this is an environment, you know, they were able to take chances on a lot of these guys and, and more often than not, it would work out over the last 25 years because winning cures all, and they were a good team and they could keep players engaged and players wanted to be here. What's the motivation for Jack? And, and it's not to excuse him. You know, you have a job to do. Show up and do it. But it's a lot easier to show up to your job when you're winning football games and you, you have a goal. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's a lot easier to do this show now for me when thousands of you watch, which I appreciate, as opposed to when we first started and we get two, 300 viewers on every video. It's a lot more enjoyable. I'm sure everybody can relate in their job as well. So... Look, it, they took a gamble on Jack Jones. It it didn't work out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was the worst draft pick in the world. It was a fourth-round pick. It's not like they took him in the first or second round. That being said, Tariq Wollin, a guy we talked a lot about on the show. Zion McCollum, a guy we talked a lot about on the show. Both went after him. There are second guesses there. And now it, here we go where cornerback, once again, will be a need for this team this offseason. They're going to have Christian Gonzalez and Marcus Jones both coming back off, off, off significant injuries, season-ending injuries. John Jones is what he is. He's a good corner, but he has some size limitations. He's probably better in the slot. And then you're down to Sean Wade, Isaiah Bolden maybe coming back, but this is now a need again. So they drafted a player hope with, with some red flags, hoping they could bring him along, and they failed to do it as they failed to develop a number of players in the last couple of years. It looks a little different maybe than some of those other misses, but another miss nonetheless. And a guy that definitely had some talent and they just can never figure it out with. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like big picture is with all the needs on this roster, you were hoping cornerback, you kind of 
put the bow on that position with Christian Gonzalez, right? And now you're going to be Once back. you take a player in the first round, that, that position should not be in need the next year. Yeah, but it, it could be. And, you know, I thought Sean Wade actually had a, a decent game, one of his best games maybe as a Patriot, an increased role in, in Indy. And who knows, maybe Marcus Jones comes back and, and he can be a solid contributor at corner. But, like, those are two unknowns right now. So you might enter the year needing another body that you can rely on and trust at that spot. Definitely another um, boundary corner at the very yeah. least. They, they, they need another, cause it, it goes back to that thing we talked about last year. Where's the size at the position and there's so many dominant big receivers. I, I, I don't think they're gonna take corner in the first round. I'm not sitting here telling you they're gonna take corner in the first round. Frankly, if they're gonna take a defensive player, I think it's a safety. I think they're taking a guy, excuse me. I think they're taking a guy in, in the second level, but when you, Get into some of these day two guys now. A guy like Terry and Arnold, a guy like Josh Newton, a guy like Max Melton. These are guys we probably weren't going to talk a lot about. That now we, I think we we will have to when we get to the off season. Because again, we'll see what happens. I don't think J.C. Jackson's going to be here. He no. has no guaranteed money on his contract. They can get out of that for nothing. He clearly hasn't been the player they want him to be. He's not the guy he was his first time here. So you think he's going to be? You think he's going to be gone? And cabinets, it's not bare, but they don't have the depth there that they need. That I mean, that was going to be my next question to you: Is is JC going to come back here, or is he going to be the next domino to fall? Because I know it's they they kind of handled these differently, and it, it you know there's been some reports trickling out that the, it, they kind of made it seem like they were going to give Jack one more chance here, take him over to Germany, see how he responded, and he might not have responded. Well, he didn't respond well. It, it seems like because now he's released. So I know they told JC to go take the bye week, kind of reset, but. So do you think they welcome him back here and see how it looks? And then if it's still bad, then they release him? Or, or are you think there's a chance that JC just doesn't even come back here and he's kind of the next domino that falls? Well, they need him now because they need the bodies. They, <laughs> yeah. You still have to play through. I know a lot of us are on to 2024, and we can kind of get into some of that stuff, and we will get into some of that stuff more as the as the season uh, finishes out here. But you got there's still seven games left to play. You got to play them. You got to have enough guys to play them. Maybe it's Azizi Hearn. Maybe it's Breon Borders getting called up from the practice squad, but you need bodies. Look, I think Alex Austin, Alex Austin time. Alex Austin, that's right. He, he, there's been quite a bit of reporting that now in the last hour or two that basically Jack Jones, Germany was his last chance. They said, if your attitude's not improved on this trip, you're gone. And I guess that's what happened. Again, with JC Jackson, the reports were he was going to be away from the team through the bye. So I don't know if that means he'll be back in the building. When players return tomorrow, if he will get the bye week off. But I would think it's a similar thing. They'll bring him back. They'll see where his head's at. And if it's not where it needs to be, they'll let him go. They're not, they don't lose any money. They're not contractually obligated. There's no cap obligations to him beyond this year. I don't think they open up any money, but for the rest of this season, whatever. I, I, I'm 50 50 on him because they need the bodies. But if he shows up and he's checked out, they're going to cut him. Because again, and, and we've said this, how many times have we said this about, Various things, the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, the offensive line, like you're two and eight. You can operate in ways you haven't operated in the past. You're two and eight. You don't need JC Jackson here. You can be two and eight without him. And, and this was the move of a two and eight team. This is because don't get it wrong, Jack Jones is talented. But that talent wasn't really turning into anything. So if he's going to be a headache, why keep him? Because he's not helping, clearly not helping you win games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't playing well on the field. I know his snaps decreased the last two weeks, but even when he was out there, he wasn't you know, playing great. He obviously had that big coverage bust at the end of the Dolphins game, so just not not worth the headache. And um, I know it brings up the, the bigger picture. A lot of people were posting that screenshot around Twitter of the 2022 draft, and, I mean, yikes, to say nicely. You know, it's Cole Strange, it's Tyquan Thornton. We didn't play at all yesterday. We, we can get into that. It's you know Marcus Jones, who looks decent, but is he just a returner? Is he going to contribute at corner? It's Jack Jones. It's Bailey Zappi, and you know I think down the line we're going to be looking at that offseason, maybe with that draft and the coaching decisions made that offseason, and kind of being like that was probably the start of the end, start of the downfall for for kind of Bills. No matter like how long he lasts here, that might be the start of it. I think it had started before that. This definitely accelerated it. I, I think uh, the way they handled Rob Gronkowski's retirement is a start, ironically. But this is this is part of chasing that. I always say this: a good draft, not a great draft, but like a good draft. If I'm mm. to say the draft pass, and and you can evaluate, there, there's two different evaluations you give. 
you evaluate the draft in the moment and you evaluate it four years later. I, those are two different evaluations, right? Hindsight's 2020. It's all well and good to know what's going to happen down the road. At the time, I thought the Patriots had an okay draft. I liked the Marcus Jones pick. I liked Pierre Strong, Bailey Zappi, and I liked Jason Hines. And I was like, all right, it's probably not enough, but okay. And, and that's just basically, when you evaluate it initially, the whole point of the NFL draft is to add good players to your football team. And I remember coming away saying, I think they added some good players, but were there better players that they could have added that they didn't? Uh, a guy like Dax Hill in the first round, who you look at, would really help them right now. I talked about the corners that they took Jack Jones over in the second round, the receivers with Tyquan Thorpe. So I was like, all right, I think some of these guys might be able to play, but it's a stretch, and they still didn't hit on the first round pick. The way you evaluate a pick for a draft four years down the road, a good draft, like a passable draft, not great, not great, but passable. Your first round pick should be worthy of a second contract at the very least. First round pick should be worthy of a second contract. One of your two day two picks should be worthy of a second contract. And you want one or two guys on day three. Did you find one or two guys on day three? As it looks right now, Cole Strange isn't going to get a second pick, a second contract. So he's out right away. Tyquan Thornton shouldn't get a second contract. So boom, you lost day two. Even if Marcus Jones does, I don't know who on day three for them is a second contract guy. If anybody was going to be, it was going to be Jack Jones. It's a, it's unless, a bad draft. It's a bad Sam Roberts, draft. Sam Roberts has, I mean, he's still around. It's like him and Andrew right. Stuber are the only options there. I mean, Roberts has had some decent training camp moments, but I mean, that's a far way away of saying he's going to get a, a second contract. And I think you, you said like the goal during the draft is to add good players. And I think that's exactly what Matt Gross said after that draft. But like one of the big concerns I feel like a lot of us had after that draft was they added all these guys from like these low level schools, right? Like, like Cole strange Chattanooga round one. And it was such a pivot from the year before where it was Mac Jones, Alabama, Christian Barmore, Alabama, Ramondre Stevenson, Oklahoma, Ronnie Perkins, Oklahoma. They get all these, you know, guys from really like power five, top college schools, top college programs. And it worked. It, like you got some good players there. Then they pivot to like these low level schools, and, and it just hasn't hasn't worked out well enough. They didn't get good football players, so uh, kind of disappointing there. But Jack Jones is out. Uh, I was thinking about the line from Batman and the Joker. It's about sending a message. It's not all about the money. It's about sending a message. So certainly, kind of a message. Uh, from Bill to that locker room there, even at two and eight, you know, you got to buy in, be with the program here, or you're going to be out. So, uh, any, any other last thoughts you had on, on that whole Jack Jones saga? I'm just interested to see if he gets claimed. I don't think there's a yeah. zero, there's zero chance he gets claimed on waivers. Now, teams are obviously going to be wary given the circumstances under which he was let go here. But if I'm a contender that needs a corner, I'd at least look at it. San Fran. Affordable contract. He's on his rookie contract, right? San Francisco would make a lot of sense. Uh, I'm inter- I don't think we've seen the last of Jack Jones in the NFL. Now, maybe he ends up sitting out the rest of the year and, and does free agency next year, but I, I, I do think he'll be back in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get signed, but there are claims signed after. Uh, we'll see. But uh, let's hear from our friends over at FanDuel very quickly, and then we can get into the wonderful football game that happened in Germany early Sunday morning. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050. 
for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so on the field, 10-6 loss. Uh, kind of the same game we've been accustomed to the last two years, it, it seems, right? They had the ball late, couldn't get it done. But I think you got to start, obviously, with Mac Jones in this one. Another just horrible, horrible, horrible interception down there in the red area on what was a very well-designed play and call from Bill O'Brien, right? Like, they've, they've been running the ball really well, five, six straight runs, and then they dial up a little play-action pass, and Mike Kosicki's wide open. Mac has plenty of room, and he just does that little, that Kobe Bryant fadeaway, right? That stuff we've been talking about all year with the bad mechanics, the back foot, the fadeaway. I, I called it the Kobe Bryant. Uh, people correctly pointed out that at least Kobe Bryant used to make his fadeaway shots, so you know maybe go for a worse NBA player there. But um, another bad turnover from from Mac, and it results him finishing the game on the bench, which third time this year. But this one felt a little different, right? Because the game was still in reach, and then obviously Bailey Zappi comes in for that final two minute drill and throws the interception on the fake spike. But uh, I mean, so. Pats are pretty much leaving Germany and, and heading to this bye without a quarterback right now. Yeah, uh, you're getting to the point. Pulling Mac Jones in that spot and putting Bailey Zappi in the game in that spot. This isn't to excuse either quarterback. They were both bad. You, you never, outside of injury, you never see a quarterback pulled ahead of a game-winning game drive like that. You don't see it. Because one, the message you're sending is that, yeah, we stuck with him the whole game, but now that the game actually needs to be won, we don't believe in him. And that, intentional or not, is the message Bill Belichick sent to the entire roster, including Mac Jones. And, and you may think, okay, fine, Mac Jones can't win them games. Good. You, It's so hard to go back to guy after that. It's so hard because is Bill going to go back to the guy that he just told all of us he doesn't think can win them the game? I, it, it's one thing to pull him earlier in the game, or it's one thing to pull him if it's a two-score game or whatever. You never, ever, ever, ever see a quarterback pulled in that spot. That's reason one. The message it sends about the starter. It's also unfair to the guy you put in the game to go in there cold. And, and not just cold in that game. Bailey's happy and played since week five. He hasn't played a meaningful snap since last year. And put him in, in that spot bungled the clock management when they did. He's clearly flustered. Like, he he was not ready to run a two-minute trail. He's getting up to the line. He doesn't know what down it is. They're trying to clock it. He just looks down and fires the ball in a triple coverage. I don't care if you thought you saw a flag. You don't make that throw. You don't count on the rest to bail you out. Any quarterback, you don't do that. So, Bill tells the world he doesn't mm -hmm. believe in Mac Jones and puts Bailey Zappi in a position to fail. Horrible quarterback management. It's not surprising. Because we've seen them do this. They butchered it last year in the Bears game. So I don't know where you go from here. I don't. Because it's really hard to go back to Mac Jones. They clearly don't believe in Bailey Zappi. It's been reported Zappi hasn't been good. Going beyond the, you know, go, be, going beyond camp. There's been reports that they don't think he's a better option. I wrote this on 98.5thesportshub.com yesterday. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Will Graham, Lee Cunningham. You have a week off. You don't have to prepare for prepare for an opponent. You're given all four of them equal reps and may the best man win. I think that's what you have to do. And I don't know who would win. It might be Mac Jones. It might be Bailey Zappi. It, it could be any of them. I'd kind of like to see Will Greer at this point. Because I think you know what you have. You know what you have in Mac Jones. I think you know what you have in Bailey Zappi. I won my and I, I don't think Malik Cunningham's ready to be an NFL quarterback yet. Yeah. They'll probably end up going back to Mac. Because once you go away from Mac now, that's it. You drafted Mac yeah. Jones to be the future of the franchise. If you are going to bench him off performance, he is no longer the future of the franchise. Once you sit Mac, that's it. You're done. We can. I know a lot of people are already talking about Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, whatever. But there's still a <clears> chance <throat> they could go tackle. They could go Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever. If they bench Mac Jones, it's quarterback in the first round or bust. You're resetting the organization. That is the final nail in we are going to fully hit the reset button. 
I think they'll go back to him to avoid that. But boy, is that a tough look after the way you benched him on Sunday. And just yeah, once I, again, showing Bill Belichick doesn't know how to move quarterback. I mean, that like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how they could go back to Mac after that. But I guess what we've seen out of the quarterback room, they might do that. But well, but that's there's no right answer. They've set this up where there is honestly yeah. the only correct answer, the most correct answer, is Will Greer. Yeah, and that's not me saying Will Greer should start. That's not me saying Will Greer is the future of the organization. You don't believe in Mac. Bailey Zappi, even though he's been the backup all year, was not ready. So those two are out. If you're going to open, you got to open up the competition. You got to let Will Greer be a part of it because they, this is not me saying this. This is them in their actions telling us they don't believe in either Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. If you don't believe in either of them, then you have to give somebody else a chance. You can't keep banging your head against the wall. And I know people like Malik Cunningham. I get it. He's athletic. I just, from Bill O'Brien even told us a month ago, he's really only been practicing at receiver outside of that wildcat package. So the next guy up is Will Greer. You need to see if he can, if, if he can give you something. Yeah. I mean, Malik looked way too overwhelmed in like his four snaps in Vegas. So I wouldn't ride like bank on that, but like, I, I just think this is kind of it with Mac like he he's he's broken even like the interception like summarized all of his struggles this year and it was his worst pass of maybe his Patriots career but even there were like he almost threw another one to Hunter Henry in the end zone like the drive before it he, it was just a horrible pass and I think you're just kind of at the point where you're, you're done with him and I know like they might end up having to go back to him because there's no other better options here but I just think he, he's kind of broken upon repair and you know we can have that whole debate another time how he got this way but he's just not making plays he's leaving too many plays out there and and for a team and a coach that has stressed all year about how important ball security is and they're losing all these games because of turnovers the one guy who is causing all these turnovers you keep just putting the ball back in his hands and it's mac jones so i think you know, benching him like that, it, it would be really tough to go back to him. And I mean, if, if there was ever a perfect time to make its change, I guess, like we talked about on Thursday, we didn't think it actually get to this situation against the Colts, but like it's the bye week. And then you have, you know, a measly Giants team uh, on deck, which is shaping up to be a massive game for the future of both organizations in the draft pick hunt. But somebody called it the third Patriots Giants Super Bowl. <laughs> there, you, there you go. The, <laughs> the Super Bowl for a quarterback there. But um, yeah, I think you're kind of at the point where you, you just have to sit Mac down and use this bye week and say, Bailey Zappi, Will Greer, quarterback competition in practice this week. Uh, we don't know their practice schedule yet this week, probably one day of practice this week, and then a few days of practice next I week. I wouldn't be surprised and- if it's more than one. They're going to be in the yeah. building tomorrow. They can technically be in the building through Thursday. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if they practice all three days, especially if they're trying to figure out who the next quarterback is. Yeah, so... That's that's where I kind of would think this is headed, um, and yeah, as you said, like we we've seen so much of Zappy and they cut him. Like you keep having to go back to that. Like, do they want to give him two weeks and just run that back again, or you know, go to the unknown here and kind of Will Greer? So it, it's going to be interesting, no matter which way that they slice it. Like again, it still could be back to Mac, but. I would kind of sit him down and open it up to the other two at this point. I just think he's kind of broken. And I think he kind of like wrote that off when you, when you pulled him there, that last drive. Yeah. Again, I, I just, it's, it's so tough to justify going back to the guy under, this is not like when he got benched in Dallas in New Orleans, like those, yeah. remember what Bill said after those games, he was like, Oh, I didn't want him to get hurt. You know, the game was over. He this might've been lying about over. that. Right. He might've been lying about that, but there is a level of, yeah, it could be that. It could be that. You had a you, you, game's out of reach. You, you pull the quarterback when the game's out of reach one where the other happens to every starting quarterback. It gets done. No, I, again, I, I don't remember, and I, I've watched a little bit of football in my time. I don't remember ever seeing a quarterback get benched for a game-winning two-minute drill. I don't think I've ever seen that. And... We've seen teams mismanage quarterbacks every which way, and we've seen a lot of bad quarterback situations. Again, outside of injury, and think of a couple times it's happened due to injuries, but that's an injury. And I also wonder if that's why Mac Jones got sent for an x-ray after the game. I wonder if that was Bill trying to cover for himself. 
said, oh, Mac, you're going to go get an injury. And, and for the people, I've seen some people think it's the other way that Mac faked it. Well, he went and talked to the media anyway. So yeah. if he was going to do that to avoid the media, why would he go do media availability? <clears throat> uh, no, Bill, 100%, there was a bus, and he threw Mac Jones under it. That's what happened there. Yep. And 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 to turn back to that guy now, look, I, I mean, they're 2-8. and eight. I'm not saying that they've been the most functional team to this point, but that would just be mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. So be interesting to, you know, obviously the main storyline here throughout the next two weeks, see what happens there. Uh, I mean, Mac even, he drew the teapot out of Billy O. Like the first time this year we really saw uh, uh, Billy O explode over there on the sidelines. Uh, the broadcast picked that up, you know, yelling at him. Mac was asked about it after the game and said, like, it wasn't getting through my reads. It came after that third and three, which you could question the play call even after they ran it like five or six straight times and they throw it on third and three. But, you know, there's a looks like an open Pop Douglas on a cross, a short crosser right at the sticks. He's got Ramondre right open in the flat and, you know, he holds it. He gets sacked. He throws that underhand shovel pass to Ramondre that might have got intercepted if you know he if the back didn't get a hand on it so just just kind of a disaster there and you see Billy O the teapot comes out to get him so uh quarterback obviously the main storyline but uh elsewhere offense offensively like Mac was under pressure a lot right like not like put blame elsewhere mac wasn't good but no it was all but it was all bad it, it was all bad <laughs> yeah, it was all like, bad. Like, like the offensive line did not play well after they played well last week in the absence of trent brown so you got a little optimistic it was a rough game for cole strange rough game for cole strange rough game for Connor mcdermott apparently like it felt like not having adrian clem probably made a difference yeah but it, you know, Vidarian Lowe goes back in there, right, and instantly gets beat on that interception. The, I think part of the reason Mac short arms it, and again, that's not to excuse him. In that spot, you're an NFL quarterback trying to win the game. You step into the throw and you take the hit. Vidarian Lowe gets beat badly, and and Mac has to rush the throw, and boom, he goes to the back foot, and 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 we've seen that all too many times because he had to put Vidarian Lowe in the game because he didn't have enough tackles because he haven't had enough tackles all year. So, no, the offensive line was not good in this game. Uh, pretty much top to bottom. Again, I think Strange and McDermott were the two biggest issues, but uh, across the board, it wasn't good. Yeah, it, it was back up to like that 40% pressure rate, which is what we saw like against Dallas. Astronomical. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It, it was tough for Strange because like this was like he got benched in this game last year, so you would have liked to see improvements, but like DeForest Buckner, who, who is a very good defensive tackle, but like he just had his way with Cole Strange again. Like You draft clean. a guy in the first round to handle yeah, good defensive like, tackles. That's why he drafted guard in the first round. Clean wins, just like in the backfield instantly. He beat City so even a few times, just like real clean. And um, um, blanking on the other Colts defender, 54. He had like two or three sacks, like just beating these guys cleanly. Uh, so and Unwinu were good in the run game. I, I will give him you know, credit there. Uh, different case in uh, pass protection, obviously. But... Uh, that that's the only way they were able to move the ball was the running game and uh, season high 167 yards a, a couple max scrambles in there but uh, Zeke looked very good Ramondre is looking like the old Mondre and now that we're talking about Bailey Zappi and Will Greer as the quarterback here I think you know for these last seven games you're probably going to have a very similar game plan where you know it's a lot of 12 personnel. They even upticked their 13 personnel usage again this week, and it was like 36 handoffs, I think. So yeah. like that's probably going to be the path here for the rest of the year is just rely on these two backs and run the ball 30, 35 times if you, if you can. And it was nice to see both of those backs look very good in that game. Yeah, Zeke's got his burst back. Ramondre's got his burst back after a slow start to the season. The running game was very good yesterday. That's if, if they want to win games from here on out, and I know a lot of people cringe hearing that, but the, the players are still going to try to win. They're still going to play hard. They're trying to get plays on tape so they can be on a, on a better team next year so they can go elsewhere next year, get signed. I, I thought both of them ran really well. If the Patriots want to win games, you got to kind of put the ball in their hands. I thought they were good. Uh, I didn't think they had any issues. Even with the offensive line being bad, they still found ways to create. Yep. Uh, the receivers, though, were the opposite. Um, Jalen Rager... One snap after, you know, his big drop last week and, and some issues. Taekwon, after he got benched last week, didn't play. He was active but sat on the sideline the whole time. And 
you know, Juju went back, like skyrocketed back up in his usage because they were, you know, running the ball a lot. They had him out there as their one wide receiver, but one catch on one target, just, you know, guys not getting open. So uh, just another rough game from that department. You know, we talked about that 2022 draft class with, with Taekwon now going healthy scratch to playing 12 snaps and then getting benched and now not playing at all, basically getting benched again, even when active. So looks like that ship might've sailed and just not good from that wide receiver room as well. No, no, it wasn't. Taekwon, again, I don't know, kind of like I said with Mac Jones before, how do you go back to that guy? You benched him last week. Was it 16, 17 minutes, 18 minutes into the game? Then you don't play him this week when you need receivers. When you have no receivers, they're done with him. They're, they're, they've sent the message. They're done with him. All right, so he's out of the picture. Juju Smith-Schuster still can't get lined up right. Two very costly pre-snap penalties. I, I, Kayshawn Booty caught one ball. Great. I, I'd keep throwing him out there. Let's see what we have in him. It, it, it's Pop Douglas and everybody else. That's what it is at this point. It's Pop Douglas and everybody else, and they seem resigned to the idea that they're going to be heavy on 12 personnel the rest of the year. Mike Kosicki is going to basically be a excuse me, basically be a wide receiver, but it, it's to, to go. I hate to keep going back to the off season, but as much as we talk about T Higgins or Marvin Harrison jr. Or whoever that guy's not going to be enough. It, we came into the season thinking, all right, they have a bunch of number twos and threes. They just going to need the number one, but Devontae Parker can't stay healthy. He's regressed. He's now 30. Juju Smith-Schuster's knee isn't in the condition we thought it was. You're, you're going to need to add bodies. We'll see here in the next couple of weeks if anybody maybe steps up and makes a case. <clears throat> but I think it's concerning. for Again, Juju can't get lined up right. You're getting nothing from him. Rager's out of the question. Thornton now it looks like they're done with just two years in. And we'll see. Maybe Parker comes back. He can give them something. But... They're, they're, they're scraping to find wide receivers right now. And we were back in the summer talking about, hey, they, they have a, some good depth here. They've got bodies. And Six, maybe nobody's deep. great, but they've got bodies, right? And it just, they haven't been able to make it work out. And, and injuries have certainly been a part of that. But to me, it all goes back to Juju Smith-Schuster. They were counting on him to have such a massive role. He was brought in to replace Jacoby Myers, a 100-target guy, and I don't know if they they botched the medical evaluation or they just didn't care and were like, he's hurt, but that means we'll get him for value or whatever it is, or they just missed it. We all know how important that slot role is. They had a guy for the first few weeks who couldn't do it. And, and now maybe Demario Douglas can fill that role and he's still mm -hmm. been good, but it took them forever to figure that out. So uh, the loss of Jacoby Myers is still just big and Juju's and the Schuster not being at the level we thought he was going to be at has been another issue. Yep. Yes. But I think like to the future, your point, like the only receiver you could really count on being here next year is Demario Douglas. Right. Right. Like maybe Keishon Booty keeps getting snaps and you know, he's on a rookie deal still. So, so he'll be here, but like Juju Parker, it, I'm sure they're going to try to move those contracts if they can. Like, I don't know. Like it's just not a good position. Taekwon obviously doesn't have any guaranteed money left, and they look done with him. So I think going forward, uh, it's Demario Douglas at that spot, and then you're going to need to go out and hopefully one of these guys reaches free agency, and you can throw a lot of money at him. And then you're probably adding another guy with one of your first three picks in the draft at that spot. So that like that position along with a lot of other positions on this roster is going to kind of need a, a reboot there. But uh, I do think, you know, it, it's encouraging. Pop Douglas looks like looks like a player, looks like someone who you can count on going forward. So uh, any, any other last thoughts uh, from that from that offensive performance you had, or, or we can jump over to defense? I think we pretty much covered it. It was all pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> none of it was good, as you said. But uh, before we go to defense, uh, let's hear from our other friends over at LinkedIn very quickly. Let me tell you that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. You can't trade in business. You got to just go out and, and, and sign free agents and find people. And LinkedIn Jobs will help you do that. They'll make it easy as well. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Adding the right team member can make a big difference. You can have that kind of addition as well. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat, B-E-A-T. To post your jobs for free, terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, jumping over to defense. They they actually handled the indie running game fairly well. They kept Jonathan Taylor to do three yards per carry. I think he was like 23 carries for 69 yards in that opening drive score. So they, they kept that in line, but... It was, like we said Thursday, it was Gardner Minshew was kind of looking like Sam Howell back there at times, you know, running around. They couldn't pressure him, extending plays, and they weren't able to hit many, but they hit enough to put up 10 points here, and that was all they needed. So uh, I thought you're still just seeing, like, the loss of Matthew Judon be monumental in this defense, and they can't get a pass rush. And they let Minshew kind of just run around there, and he hit enough enough big plays downfield to, to kind of just get that extra field goal and win the game here. So let's not forget they flew halfway around the world to put Miles Bryant back on Isaiah McKenzie for yeah, the fourth that was time fun. in a row. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought the game. They, they, you said it, they couldn't get get a pass rush. They couldn't get to Minshew, and I think that's ultimately what did them in. Outside, there was that one catcher on my McKenzie. It didn't feel like. The Colts had any other big plays. Look, they only scored. I mean, the defense played well. They only scored 10 points. I shouldn't say they didn't, yeah. but you, you need them to make a play. They got the one turnover. The offense couldn't capitalize. That sucks. They just, it, it, it I'm torn because the defense needs to play better than that for them to win. And that's true. Which sucks. It's played really well. So it's, <laughs> I thought there were some individual moments that were questionable, but I, there's not too much to nitpick other than the Bryant thing. They're missing. They're missing Judon and they're missing Christian Gonzalez. That's pretty much where it's at with that unit. And if they're not going to have a pass rush the rest of the year, it, it, it's hard to see how they win games. I'll say this. It's been a, a tough couple of weeks for Josh Uche. This was supposed yeah. to be his chance to really prove who he can be, right? And, and if he can be that number one pass rush and even get paid like that, he hasn't been that guy. They did start putting Kyle Duggar back in the box a little bit. He made plays, so that's good. Um. But it, it was kind of the same thing we've seen basically since those guys got hurt. No pass rush, and and the other offense was able to do just enough, which shouldn't be enough, but with the Patriots' offense, it is. Yeah. I mean, it was that big play to McKenzie you were talking about, and then they hit one late in the game to, like, Josh Downs making that, like, awesome diving catch. And, like, right. it's two – like, they had a few to Michael Pittman. Like, it's three or four plays, but uh, unfortunately there's just no margin for error and. They, they have to make those, and, and they just can't. And uh, you mentioned the interception, Johnny Tavai directly involved in that again, tipping that pass. That's like the third or fourth turnover he's directly been related to this year. Uh, shout out Christian Barmore, just continuing to play his butt off. Like yeah. He was one of the few guys on the front who generated a, a handful of pressures and still looks good in the run game, so... That's like five or six straight games where, where he's been maybe their best defensive player and keep talking about guys maybe up for contract extensions this offseason. He, he's certainly one of them. And then uh, the only other guy I had, you know, talking about all these changes in the cornerback room with, with Jack Jones and we'll see J.C. Jackson, who we didn't mention off the bat, but uh, Mike Reese reported Sunday morning that Jackson wasn't just late for curfew. He never even showed up to the hotel just to add more contacts to that. But 
I, I did think it was, you know, a better Sean Wade game. He had to play 50 snaps. You know, he had that one nice play where he diagnosed the screen and flew in and blew that up for a five-yard loss. So, again, we talked about playing the young guys. So that's a younger player who, who's going to be counted on uh, down the stretch here. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe if he could build off that and carry some momentum going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Any other defensive thoughts you had? I mean, again, no, again it, it's a tough uh, game to talk about the defense because they played <laughs> as embarrassing of a game it was as it was. They played well. Yeah. So. Yeah. But we can transition that to special teams who did not play well again, uh, a reoccurring nope. theme because uh, they had that punt block, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, Indy. Their punters in the end zone, and they they don't have a Patriots don't have a returner back. They load up uh, to try to block the punt, except they still have their two like vices out to handle the gunners. And uh, Indy kind of zoned off the protection, and they didn't get home. And then they don't have a returner, so it was like a seventy yard punt, just a monster field position switch, just kind of a weird play in, in my mind. Uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. And then there were bad, you know missed field goal there were bad kickoff returns it, it, it just wasn't good from a unit that we know the patriots invest a lot into that it hasn't been good all year i mean that punt block play i, I lost it I, I lost it because look i'm if you want to go 11 all out and try to block it with the punter in the end zone fine i i have no problem with that philosophy <clears throat> but the thing about that play is if you do it you're gonna do it it's fourth and 10 from the 13 do you really think they're gonna fake it you, you, you're supposed to, how you run that play is you put all 11 guys on the line of scrimmage and it's 11 on 10. Because the idea is they're going to pull those gunners in to prevent the block and it eliminates the opportunity for a fake. If they don't pull the gunners in, you either still go 11 on now eight to try to block it or you pull two guys out and you say, fine, they got us, whatever. And you send a returner back because you're not going all out for the block. They put nine guys on the line of scrimmage and put Pop Douglas and Sean Wade about 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. So that's another thing you can do. You can put those guys 30, 35 yards off. You allow the catch. They come up and make the tackle in the case of a fake. But also that way, if the punt is off, they're far enough back so they can go back and get the ball. They weren't. They were in no man's land. Those two players were doing absolutely nothing on that play. And there might have been a miscommunication. I don't think that's how it was designed based on what Bill Belichick and, and Matthew Slater said after the game. But either way, you you got to figure that out. You're either supposed to have 11 guys on the line of scrimmage going after the punt, or somebody needs to be back there in position to return, one way or the other. Now, credit to the Colts punter. That was a good kick. Not every ball is going to roll like that one did. They probably, the risk-reward, they didn't think they were going to give up quite that many yards. But you had two guys on the play that were in position to do nothing. You had two guys that had they not been out there, the play would have gone the exact same way. That's just a, a details thing that you can't afford. They don't have the margin for error to operate with that kind of mistake. And then the missed field goal is the missed field goal. That is what it is. They give up a big kick return to Isaiah McKenzie. No, it's another week where special teams let them down. Plain and simple. But that punt return, it's so emblematic to me of what this season's been. They did something for whether it was designed wrong or there's a miscommunication. They ran a play that made no sense. It had no end game. And you just can't be doing that in the NFL. You, that shouldn't be happening. It's one thing. One guy blows an assignment here or there. It's week 10. You should be lining up correctly. Period. Full stop. Yeah. And and the kick returns, too, or the kickoffs are, are weird, too. And it seems like the last few weeks they've been inviting these. And you can, if you watch Chad Ryland kick off, he either starts five yards behind the ball and He'll kick it like inside the five and he'll at, look for a return. And the other team either returns it or they fair catch it or they let it bounce into the end zone. Or he lines up 10 yards behind the ball and just sails it through the back of the end zone and there's no return. In the last few weeks, like he's been lining up five yards behind more and they're inviting these returns and they're getting burned by it. They, a 41 yarder that Ty Montgomery made a hell of a play to save from being a touchdown. They gave up a 35, 36 yard return last week and like for a team where every yard matters I, I don't get why they're not just kicking it out of the end zone every time well i mean i asked after the bills game where they 
you know, gave up three returns and actually covered them well. I, I asked Cam Acord about it. I said, are, are you inviting these? And he, he didn't say yes or no, but he said, like, our return, our coverage guys just get the itch sometimes to go down there and cover. And, you know, if we can start them with a, a if we can back them up and make them have a long field, like, we're going to do that. So I think they just have trust in their coverage guys to, to get down there and make plays. And they just haven't been making the plays the last few weeks couple big returns and it's burning them so i i would just kick it through the end zone and make them start at the 25 but they're they're not doing that they're inviting these returns and i don't know it's puzzling good point special teams is ranked 29th in the league it's mac jones fault right <laughs> it's always mac yeah. jones fault. yeah <laughs> it all comes back i to dare mac jones team. draw up that poorly designed punt return <clears throat> yeah oh my gosh um Field goal so too. He shouldn't be the starter anymore, and people are saying I'm defending him. So you, you guys need to go touch grass. <laughs> they hear what they want to hear. Uh, yeah. Am I still crazy for thinking that field goal went in, or do I just like no, no, uh, or yeah, yeah, you are. The rule is if the ball goes over the top of the goalpost, it has to be entirely inside to the left. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it would be to the left on the right. So it's like. When you break the pylon, when you, when you break the plane, right? One of the dimples on that football, if one of the dimples on that football crosses the plane, if one lace crosses the plane and that's it, it's a touchdown. It's the opposite on a field goal. One yeah. dimple is over, not inside, but over the inner part of the upright. It's no good. It's no good. If the upright extended to infinity, <clears throat> right? The ball wouldn't be allowed to hit it, essentially. So I thought it went over. I thought more of it was inside than not. But some of it was still out over that upright, and that's just it's it, that's the correct ruling. Yeah, I thought so. there was one angle that I know they showed one angle that looked like it was over to the right, and then I thought I saw another angle where it looked like it was good. But just don't make it close enough where you have to go right. off. Right, it's a chip shot. It like, shouldn't have. It, it yeah. shouldn't have come down to that. Yeah, it, it was a weird kick though. How it like snapped back to the right. I don't yeah. know if that was. Something I think was he was counting for counting on it to break more than it did. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah, special yeah, teams yeah. again down, not not good enough. But right, none of it was good enough. So I don't know if you had any other overall thoughts. Anything to wrap it up here? I mean, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll. We were both tweeting about this last night. We might as well bring it to the show. So I know a lot of people are scoreboard watching, right? For that draft pick, we were all watching yeah. the Cardinals last night. Shout out to the Falcons for blowing that game. <laughs> Another important thing to remember in this: the tiebreaker for draft position, is strength of schedule. The easier strength of schedule gets the better pick. So essentially, if you lo- if you have the same record, but one team lost to worse teams, that team is now the worst team, right? They get the better pick. So some of them are simpler than others. But uh, for instance, any basically any team, for the most part, it helps the Patriots draft position if teams that are on their schedule lose. So Washington's loss yesterday to Seattle helped a little bit, but it helped because it lowered their strength of schedule. When a team like the Jets play the Raiders, the Jets counts as two losses. So even though they played both teams, the Jets losing helps. If it's two teams, they played once. Like when the Chiefs play the Broncos, it doesn't really do anything. If their strength of schedule is over 50%, that lowers it. If it's above 50%, it'll raise it. But you can't do anything about it. I guess you're rooting for ties. When when two teams majors play, play each other, you're rooting for ties. There are some exceptions, right? Denver, you're probably just rooting against. Because, yeah. again, strength schedule is the tiebreaker. You can't have the Broncos end up with a worse record than the Patriots because then they get to pick out, right? So, yeah. although if they win a few more games, we'll see. Like, some people last night were like, why are you rooting for Washington? Washington's going to win three or four more games. I, they're going to end up with a better record than the Patriots. I feel confident about that. So, a close game. That's a toss-up. Them losing, I think, ultimately uh, helps the Patriots. So if you're scoreboard watching, keep that in mind. You're rooting against teams that have played or will play the Patriots, except the teams with the truly bad records. Obviously, you want those teams to lose because the tiebreaker doesn't apply there. Yep. Although I I think um, there's not that many teams in that range that the Patriots have played because they don't play the Panthers. They don't play the Bears. The Giants is the big one. We're still rooting for the Giants to win. That feels gross to say. 
They don't play the Packers. They don't play the Rams. They don't play the Titans. The Broncos are the only other three-win team in that picture. Everybody else is four or more wins. They had a hard schedule this year. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. Yep. So uh, go Broncos tonight, right? Like that would be a win, and then the Bills would lose. So yes. that would be a. Uh, it's always good when it the would Bills hurt the strength of schedule. When the when the Bills. And yeah, it's, the if the Bills lose tonight, they're two games out of a playoff spot, which would be yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And by the way, Bills fans, <laughs> like everybody knows, like I have friends that are Bills fans. Unfortunately, they are livid that every time the Patriots lose, it's like the Bills lost to the Patriots again for them. Like, I'm getting friends next to me. How did the Bills lose to this team? What did the Patriots do? Why did Mac Jones that day figure it out? Whatever. <laughs> Bills fans are still so upset by that loss. I, it's funny. If you told me before the year the Patriots weren't going to have a shot at the playoffs, I'd be disappointed. <clears throat> but I, they'd say, all right, they're going to have a shot. They're not going to have a shot at the playoffs. They're going to have a shot at the top pick. You can only pick two games for them to win. Bills and Jets. I would have said the Bills and the Jets. <laughs> so... Good shape right now because that that loss is going to haunt Bills fans for a long time. They could very much swing that though if the Patriots miss out on like Drake May or Caleb Williams by one win, and then the Bills are like, "Oh well, you know, we lost to you, but you lost your quarterback." So yeah, yeah, that that could come back but around. That's fair. If it also hurts them and, and their playoff hunt or home field, then you know it, it's a double double loss there. But uh, we'll see. So uh, I'm sure we'll. I think we're having a show. I know it's the bye week, but we should be back Thursday. Yeah, so we usually do just it's a it's a straight up Q and A. So we'll okay. just take your guys' questions. I mean, if there's news, we'll address the news, but it's your guys' questions pretty much start to finish. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of draft talk and and look ahead, you know, big picture future stuff there on Thursday. So make sure you tune into that. But yeah, a, a bad loss in Germany for what was an important game. For the owner, Mr. Kraft, you know, he said so to his team and to the, the whole world on NFL Network. And we all saw him pretty embarrassed in the box during the game. So rough times for, for the Patriots here of a 10-6 loss to the Colts as they head to their bye week. Again, we will be back on Thursday. So make sure you subscribe to the channel, turn on your notifications so you do know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex over on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read his work over at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read my coverage over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys on Thursday. Bye.